Welcome to Strung Out, the podcast that looks at life through the lens of an artist. Your host is the artist, writer, and musician, Martin Lawrence McCormack. Now here's Marty. Glad to have you with us, and I have with me today Andon Davis. He's a longtime Chicago-based musician, singer-songwriter, has played in a myriad different bands, and on top of it, he is a luthier. Andon is going to start off the philosophy of art with a song of his own. So jump in and play something for us. Old man Ammon in the cornfield He lift his gun Shoots a kill He's the top of the food chain He's living his life like a god insane With his hands he plows the lands Him and Mother Nature they take a stand In the year 1929 He's raising a family in depression every time And it makes me wonder What was life back then It pulls me under it's spelled again and again. Mother Mary's in the kitchen. She can't leave, but she's been a wishing. Well, struggles with six kids to feed. This kind of life ain't what you need. So say she used to be a debutante But that was then, now she's not She said, why, oh, why mustn't this go on? Still she knows she must be strong survival from day to day Well the rich man the richer the poor man poorer comes a time he can't take anymore And there'll come a day baby we will see it just might happen in our century Life back then pulls me under its spell again, and makes me wonder what was life back then pulls me under its spell.
spell again and again. Man, that's beautiful. I really love the sound of your guitar. What year is this Gibson that you have? It's a uh, 64 J50. One owner. I'm the second owner, which I was very lucky to find. Yeah. Wow. It's just got a great tone. And your songwriting reminds me a lot of Willis Allen Ramsey, and who was always very lyrical, the way that he presented stuff. And... Uh, Tell us a little bit about that song. What, what's well, that song actually, about? Um, my grandfather, Ammon, A-M-O-N Davis, was a farmer and a fiddle player in eastern Illinois. And uh, he played square dances and stuff. And my father was born in 22, and he, so he grew up during the Depression. I didn't know my grandfather that much. My only encounter with him when I was a young child was he was in the hospital and we went in and saw him in the bed. And I did one thing where I reached up <laughs> and I was going to reach for a box of matches. And he, and he goes, don't touch that. It might burn you. I go, oh, thanks. Sage advice, huh? <laughs> Got to love what Grandpa saying. Yeah, that's my only reaction. With it. No, there's probably other ones, but I just don't remember as a child. And I have his fiddle, too, which is, it wasn't what you call expensive fiddle or nothing, but, and dad played guitar. So they would play dances around that area. And there's a big Amish community around the Eastern, Central Eastern Illinois. What and, town are you talking about? Sullivan, Illinois, around there. And dad was born in Bethany, which is just by there. But grandpa Ammon had a farm and his wife, Mary had six kids, you know, Lived through the Depression like everybody else, but Dad said they would play dances for extra money and stuff. Did your dad play guitar around you? Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah. I used to borrow his guitar when I first started learning. And he got tired of that, and he finally bought me a shiny, brand-new, cherry-red Harmony Rocket guitar, electric guitar. Cool. I, yeah. What kind of guitar did your dad play? He had mainly an acoustic guitar back in the day. I can't remember what what it was, but when Dad was playing guitar around the house, he had an old Gibson L series, like a, just like this, but a smaller bodied one in which I'm sorry to say before I got interested in guitar, he gave it away. And, uh, one of those <laughs> things. Yeah. I just, I missed it by that much. <laughs> it was like a fifties, 1950s, but uh, yeah. It was, it was good growing up in a household like that with music around. I always find that interesting with people that grew up with music around the house because that yeah. instills in you a sense of, of wanting to play it. Yeah. Or in some cases with some people, they reject it. But it sounds like music ran deep in your family. It did. And of course, he had a lot of records, good records and stuff. And mom liked Annette King Cole and Les Paul, Mary Ford, Chet Atkins, Merle Travis, Hank Williams, George Jones. And uh, they didn't have any really rock and roll stuff, but it was mainly that 1940s, 1950s style music. Around. 
There's something about that era of songwriting. It's classical songwriting. And it had lyric, and the content was lean and to the point. And all the famous songwriters of the early 20th century, what Irving Berlin, all that. My dad played, when he played songs, he played those popular tunes of the day during there. Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue. Da, 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 you know, that stuff. Whispering was a hit. So he played in, uh, in dance bands back in the day, too, when he left home after the Army. That kind of music gets ingrained in a little kid. And, of course, rock and roll comes along, and then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> right. He had the same kind of growing up with... We didn't have music. Uh, my parents were not musical in the sense that they were out gigging. It was, mm-hmm. it was a generation earlier. Mm-hmm. My great-grandmother and great-uncles had oh, the yeah. Imperial Orchestra of Dubuque. And uh, right there, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> I have a little picture of it. That's and they played up and down the Mississippi. But what we had were all those great LPs. Yeah. And uh, Nat King Cole, Stardust, Hoagie Carmichael. Oh, that's my dad's favorite song. Yeah. That's my favorite song. Yeah. I used to sing that to cows. Matter of fact, one of his favorite albums, too, was, uh, which came out later on, Willie Nelson did Stardust album of all these standards. And those are all the tunes my dad played. It doesn't surprise me that... Nah. Willie would come out with something like yeah, that. He's, he grew up in that era, too. But even musicians today, I think when you see Lady Gaga forming up with Tony Bennett. I know. Classical music doesn't go away. Would you say that that then had a big impact in your songwriting then, as far as um, how you put together lyrics? My sense of harmony and melody, yeah. I would say, yeah. It's I think it's all gets ingrained and inherently you just it comes out in other ways the 60s music and the singer-songwriter thing in the late 60s instead of everybody's into Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and that was all cool but I was into more Neil Young Jackson Brown Johnny Mitchell Cat Stevens James Taylor that type of thing and I didn't get into Jimi Hendrix and until the early 80s yeah things don't have to all fall in line at the same time no, it's all a sense of discovery. And the songwriters that you mentioned, I, I feel they too were in that classical yeah. bent of songwriting, being influenced by those early 20th century writers. Sure. And I think it's still necessary today for well, songwriters to f- capture that. I see on the internet a lot of these bands doing little videos and stuff like that. And these people are definitely in their 20s early 20s or whatever, and playing these classic tunes. Like Postmodern Jukebox. You ever watch that? That was, that's one. And uh, it's just, it's really cool, because it, if, as long as music has a swing to it, it doesn't matter what kind of music it is, it has some kind of swing, it gets to people and it's infectious in a way. And that's why I like playing. When I play music, I said it with Switchback, you guys got a certain rhythm and swing to you that's just great and beautiful. So that's inspiring to play that. And it's a little bit of a throwback, too, the way we mm-hmm. approach Oh, uh, you come from the Celtic way. That's close to my heart, too, man. That's where all the country music came from, as far as I'm concerned. I want to go back far. <laughs> yeah, you do. The music of the British Isles, 
your English murder ballads and songs like that that stayed pretty much in their pure form over here in the States, especially in the Appalachian chain. And I think that's so cool because we were then directly exposed to that as well with songwriting. Let me ask you about how do you go about writing a song? What hits you first? I don't go about it. Okay. That's why I'm not so prolific as some people I know. But things come to me. And I have my guitar laying around. I pick it up and I start playing. And then certain chords evoke certain melodies. And this sounds like this. Wow, I could do this. And I essentially make up melody chord before lyric. And ghost lyrics, as they call it, you just record yourself singing syllables and whatever. And then you listen back and reinterpret. Okay, I see where this is going. And you follow that path. That first song I played, it took me quite a while to just finish that. It started back in 2000. 2007, 2008, I started with a chord pattern in the melody and then got a, oh man, that's really, that's a good rhyme. And I just finished it probably about five years ago. So some of these songs I play, I'll be playing today, some are 20 years old or more because I just, <laughs> I know. love that. I, yeah, yeah. I, it's got to it's got to ferment a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, Especially writing with Switchback, one thing uh, I talk about is having like the boneyard or the junkyard of songs. And you walk out there and you <laughs> flip the hood up on that one and you say, oh, let's see if we can get this one running. It's interesting in that way. Yeah. But for you, then the melody predominantly comes first. Yeah. Do you walk around with a notebook? or No, no, but I just keep track mentally. And I must add also that what I like doing is writing music to other people's lyrics. I've done a lot of collaborations like that, and that is fun. And especially if they have an agenda or a timeline to get this done, I work better under pressure like that. Give me a good example of a band that you have worked with as far as somebody handing a lyrics. It's not a band so much. It's just individuals. Okay. There's a friend of mine, John Joyce. He's a Chicago fireman, and he writes lyrics and songs, and he likes to go to the recording studio with musicians that he likes hanging out with when we record these songs. Well, I just more or less get an idea of the melody and the chord patterns and everything and arrange it for him. And we made some pretty interesting songs, which I can't really remember right now because we did them. They were off the cuff. They were immediate and done real quick. But uh, that's fun to do. And then people would send me lyrics. There's a, a lady in Oak Park, Joanna Moran. She sent me a, a set of lyrics. And it took me about, this is during the pandemic, the shutdown. And it took me about a year to go, okay, this work. So that, that's fun to do yeah. that, too. Before we take a break, I want you to pick up and play us another. Okay. Can you tell us what this one is? This one's called Mind's Eye. Actually, I played this with Switchback in Sweden when we went over that one time. Anna Furman. What was it called? The Onion? 
The onion. Yeah, we were oh, the, the wild onion, onion group. Wild onion bit. I think it's which a, is that's, the name for Chicago. Yeah, that came from yeah. I believe Potawatomi. Chicago means wild onion. Yeah, smelly onion. Smelly onion, yeah. which is not as good of a name for a band, but maybe in hindsight we should have had smelly onion. I don't yeah. know. But play away. Let's hear it. Just out of reach within my grasp. I just had myself to laugh. So simple and so plain, but like runaway train. And I can't find my way back. Little bit outside, jagged sky. And the And the picture starts to fade From my mind's eye And I can't find my way back Back to thoughts I hold Memories spun take a little break here. We are talking to Andon Davis on the philosophy of art here on Strong Out. This podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the gifts of support we receive from listeners like you. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not send in your gift of love? 
Go to martinmccormack.com and click on the donate button. Hello, Polly Chase here, reminding you about the 20% discount you get from your first order at martinmccormack.com. Choose from fine art prints or merchandise like tote bags, t-shirts, pillowcases, and much more. You're sure to find something you love, but don't take my word for it. Let's hear from Jan in Australia about her new Marty merchandise. I am so happy with my first purchase from Marty's collection of merchandise. I chose a mug, this one, which features red cloud. It's beautiful and goes right around the whole mug. And I've just finished drinking a cappuccino from it. It was perfect. It was easy to order. and it took a couple of weeks to arrive in Australia. Beautifully packaged. So now I'm considering what to buy next. Back with Andon Davis. And I want to ask you, when did you start working on guitars? When did you become a luthier? When I lived in Springfield, I worked at a place called Dolphin Guitars, and we were a, a warehouse. We sold high-end classical guitars, Ramirez, Hoff, Kono. Uh, the repairman there was a friend of mine, Ozzy Ramirez, and he did all the guitar repair. So he and I would hang out, and I would learn stuff from him. So I had a basic idea of what a guitar should be set up. And then uh, fast forward to 93, I moved to Chicago, and... Uh, did the temp service work and that whole thing. And I met Bob Egan, who had Bob's guitar service and told him I'd like to learn and start working on guitars. And he had a contract with a guitar center. We had a lot of work and I learned from him a lot more finer points. And then from there, it was like from 1995 to 2014, I worked at Third Coast Guitar Service, which it turned into from Bob's and uh, learned a lot. Not only do you learn about guitar repair, you learn about people. And I have a degree in psychology, I think, because because of that. (laughs) (laughs) You got that degree (laughs) being a luthier. I love it. Expand on that, though. I find that fascinating. So you know about an artist by the way... He or she treats their guitar, right? Yeah. Like I said, I started, I would do repairs, but I also do administrative work and deal with people in their situations. But we had some very good, actually, guitar builders in our business, and I learned a lot from them. Hanging around the right people, knowledge gets passed down, and then through repetition and experience, you get to understand what makes an instrument play good? Why does it sound good? And that's my main forte is something like that. I don't build guitars, but I know what makes them play good and I know how to enhance them and make them sound better. So that's my big forte, my biggest one. Has that influenced your performing end of things? Yeah. Yes, it has. How? Well, because every musician, I think, if they do it through a life, they want to find their sound. And through that, you have to experiment and try different sounds for the guitar and different guitars. 
and you find your sound, your voice, and it's helped me find a voice in the way I play. Also, listening to other people play, of course. And something interesting note I might add here, too. I get to play a lot of different guitars, a lot of other people's guitars. I write songs on other people's guitars because they used to say, oh, do you need another guitar? This one here's got some songs in it. And I've written some songs off other people's guitars. After I set them up, I play them, and it inspires me. I wrote a song I'll play with you today. I wrote on somebody's ukulele because it just sounded good, you know, after I set it up. So it's like these visitors come to my house where I set set up the guitars, and I get to have a conversation with them before they come get them. (laughs) Do you think that... Their energy is trapped in the well, yeah. You could, I could imagine that because there's all worlds of possibilities. I think out there, I just gravitate towards an instrument that really sounds superior, and it inspires me. Yeah, I think uh, this is a perfect moment for you to tell the listener how they could get in touch with you, <laughs> fix their guitar. I have my own side business called Andon's Guitar Repair. Huh? <laughs> it's effective. And I live in Oak Park, on Oak Park Avenue. You can reach me at andondavis at gmail.com. And I'll respond, of course, and give you my phone number and address. And we may have to make an appointment because I do work out of my home. And... In the time we have on this part, before I have you play another song, what do you think is the biggest mistake people do with their guitars that you see from a technical aspect? If you don't know what you're doing, you can mess it up really quick. Especially acoustic instruments in the wintertime in Chicago area. You turn the heat on your homes, it dries the air out. A lot of times with new guitars, they'll dry out and crack. So it's always best to, if you have a home for your guitar, a case, you know, it's best to leave it in the case when you're not playing it. And maybe use a little humidifying device, which is a sponge device that you just lightly moist and squeeze out the rest and put it in the case. So it keeps the humidity about 40% to 55%. That's your only defense against that happening. Um, Leaving guitars hanging out on the wall, they look good, but... Sometimes you might get lucky, but then you might not. I'm laughing because I have my daughter's guitar and my Yamaha yeah. flanking Andon in this room right now as we talk. But I don't know. I always keep the guitar out because I, I, I feel like if I have it there, then it inspires me. But that being said, before we even started the podcast, I said, I'm going to have to get this guitar to you eventually because uh, it needs a little bit of loving. But it also went through Brian Fitzgerald, which is a whole other story. <laughs> Play us another song. Do you got one in you? And then yeah. we'll take a little break. It's a little short one here. All right. This is a song that I wrote on the ukulele I was telling you about. Is In the morning when I rise Lift my hands up to the sky I said Thank you Lord For another day In the night time when I sleep 
I pray the Lord my soul will keep I said thank you Lord For another day Nice ending. Thank you. Leaves you hanging a little bit. That's awesome. Because it's called Another Day. And Another Day goes on and on, I hope. (laughs) Great point. We're going to take a little break here. We're listening to Andon Davis, and you are on Strung Out. Hey, want to show your support of Martin's Artist Endeavors? Buy me a coffee is an online site that makes supporting Marty easy. In just a few taps, you can make a payment of any amount, and no account is needed. You can also decide to become an ongoing supporter. Go to martinmccormack.com and click on the words, Support Martin. Let's help Martin keep it all caffeinated. And we're back with Andon. We're in that section of this where I really want you to expound a little bit on your own philosophy, your life philosophy, you're a journeyman, and most of the people I talk to are journeyman musicians. And what do you think about that? Is this where you want it to be? Yes. At this time in my life, life I feel very successful because I'm being able to do what I want to do. And I love what I do. And as it's been said, that that's your success in life is to be able to have that. I find every day is a new adventure, and things don't get old if you don't let it. I get old, but I'm trying not to let it. <laughs> but I feel like it gives me life because I could be feeling, have a cold or whatever, feeling down or whatever, and I go to the gig, I'm going, oh. But once I start playing music, I forget about it. It's like it transcends any kind of malady you might have or whatever. And then it's amazing. So that's the magic that I see in it and how it affects people. You think you might have, oh, it doesn't sound that good tonight. Ah, and then people go, oh, gosh, it's great. So there's a lot of things that go past the stage into the audience that you don't realize that you're putting out to them. And it's a great reciprocal thing, too, when they give it back. Yeah. There is that exchange of energy. Yeah, I know. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? And some nights are magical, as you probably know, Marty. You've but the sound was just right, and the people were just getting the information. 
and the energy you put out. That's why I like going to see concerts too, because I get that other side of I'm looking somebody performing and I'm feeling that too. Yeah. What would life be without music, Marty? <laughs> I don't know, but you bring up a good point. Going to a concert as a participant. Yeah. And I always say every good musician needs to have a good lover of music. Yeah. Like a thousand of them, as yeah. they say. Because that's what completes that energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And that's why I prefer listening rooms, places, places where there's that active engagement, kind of. Yeah. Sometimes you can get it in a club situation. Sometimes you can't. It all depends. But once that happens, it's a pretty amazing thing. Who do you think locally in Chicago right now has either inspired you or that you have seen or even have played with? Because you've played in so many different bands. Mm -hmm. um, One of our mutual friends, Anna Furman, is a great singer and songwriter. She's always inspirational to play with. And uh, I play with some great people. Uh, Jenny Benneman is a great songwriter. Naomi Ashley, Jody Walker, and Ron Lazaretti, an Oak Park resident that is quite the unassuming entertainer, musician guy, but he writes some great songs. And he has a new album that I hope is going to come out this summer. And they're just solid songs. And it's inspirational to play on other people's stuff and lift their music up, add to it. Terry White, a friend of mine, too, is a very good songwriter and is always fun to play with. I play with in his band called Terry White and the Loaded Dice. And it's all Terry's songs. And he was my co-band member in Cannonball for many years. Great band. Those are local people that I actually have interactions with. But people I see around here play. Kathy Richardson is quite a force of nature. We did a special show during the shutdown, the pandemic. It was at Ravinia. And it was the 50th anniversary of Janis Joplin playing at Ravinia. And it was a special show. We did it in a theater. It was just the band. Everybody masked up and just the technical crew. And they recorded four songs. Everybody, no rehearsal. Everybody worked on their own. Woodshed came to the gig, played the song once, each song once, and then when they shot the video. And it's on Ravinia TV, episode six, if you could find that. It's amazing sounding and looking. I mean, Kathy played Janis Joplin on Broadway, too. Kathy Richardson, if you're not familiar with her, get familiar with her. Oh, yeah. In fact, all the artists you just mentioned, they're all journeyman musicians, yeah. and they're fantastic. And I like to bring that up that journeyman aspect, because I think it's important for any aspiring musician or somebody that's out there that's just slugging away, that there's a lot more of us than that small percentage that gets to the top of the heap, so to speak. Yeah. I don't even want to call it the top of the heap. They're corporate known yeah. entities. But meanwhile, people can have a rich life and song lovers mm -hmm. can have a rich life with this huge group and chicago presents so many great musicians it's really fertile the more and more i meet people there's i realize how many more people there are that do it i'm a little bit insular i live in oak park berwin area and i know all the people around there i used to live in chicago i know connections here too but 
There are also little pockets, areas of songwriters and little scenes that are all over Chicago area. You've been overseas, you've been to Norway, Sweden, and you've come across, I'm sure, other musicians, other parts of the world. And it's amazing, again, to see that journeyman lifestyle, that commitment. I call it serving the muse. (coughs) I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, I feel get discouraged, maybe, thinking that there isn't a way of making this happen. For me, I stumbled into it. I never had somebody saying, hey, you could be, you can make a living doing this. Andon Davis is a great example of a musician that's out there, not only working with other bands, but producing his own, writing his own, and possibly working on your guitar in the future. <laughs> I'd like you to play one more, play us out, and... Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on Strung Out, and please come back again, and maybe what we'll do is we'll have to film you live for the Mr. Marty Show, which goes out to millions of people around the world, (laughs) and and millions. Wow. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure at all. Naomi did it. Oh, did she? Yeah, I had her the pandemic, and she was just a delight, Uh, and uh, I've got to have her back again, too, but... Play us out. Tell us what this last one is. This is called Long As The People Buy It. Again, this is 20-some years old, but it takes me a long time to get around to recording it and stuff. But this is already recorded this year, and I've got six songs in the uh, hopper. And I'll do another six by the end of the year and have at least 12 song presentation of tunes. And uh, it goes like this. Long as the people buy it, you're safe as a baby in arms. Long as the people buy it, all day long. Long as the stars are shining and the bars are firm. In this world But what if we Came round to see you For the truth That stuck between you And the wall That your back Is up against Long as the people Buy it There'll be fodder for your cannons Long as the people buy it The wars will rage on Where the eternal flame is burning What a sell us the news Long as the people buy it And share the That your back is up against Long as people buy There'll be a need for a person like you 
long as the people buy it and share your view long as the stars are shining and the bars run firm long as the people buy it in this world but with a Stuck between you and the wall that your back is up against. Long as the people buy it, you've been listening to Anderson Davis on Strung Out and We'll catch up with you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about this show or a transcript, visit martinmccormack.com. While there, sign up for our newsletter. See you next time on Strung Out. Choice.